Dude. The Lock Draft Podcast is brought to you by Fresh Apparel Printing. Do you have a band and need merch for your next gig? Just crumple paper in the middle of my ad and then it'll make it better. Fresh Apparel has graphic artists on staff who can turn your band's logo into artwork into a logo within minutes. That's why I should have pulled up the read, but I don't even give a shit. Uh, do you have a staff and need uniforms for your team? Our embroidery staff at Fresh Apparel Printing will turn your logo into a logo with literal pinpoint precision. That's the only thing I know. Call Fresh Apparel 219-864-9009. Use the promo code DRAFT or go to freshapparel.net, freshapparelprinting.com. And you use the promo code what? Draft. Yeah. Uh, Use the promo code draft. Make sure you do it. Oh, hey, 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 everybody. Dougie Ferguson. John Pugliese, the coach. The coach. Life coach. Your coach. My coach. Everybody's coaches. Whoever's crumpling up paper <laughs> nationwide, Wes, throw it in the wastebasket. Not I. Nationwide, Wes. Can't take you anywhere, Wes. Yeah. On the ones and twos. Like that. Anyways. Uh, yeah, it's nice to be back on the radio with you guys. Hi, guys. Yeah, welcome. Good to be back. John. Hi, dudes. Hey, dudes. Yeah. So we spent... Remember that show on Nickelodeon, Hey, Dude? Yeah, I do remember that show. That's a little bit more in Wes's era. Wes? Hey, dude. Hey, dude? I don't remember Hey, dude. No, that was... Hey, dude. That was... That was early to mid-90s. Wes is about 12 and a half years old. Okay. So that's right in Nickelodeon area, dude. I don't know hey. Doug, Doug is about as early as Nickelodeon as I get. Yeah. Doug. Yeah, Doug Funny. Funny yeah, I used to watch Doug Funny and make it. Doug yep. Funny was good. And Rugrats. Patty Mayonnaise. Wes, Patty yep. Mayonnaise. Wes used to watch some hell of Rugrats. Love Rugrats, too. Um, yeah, so anyways, yeah. We've spent some time off the basketball scene. We've watched everybody uh, blow their stash on Duke. And then they, uh, uh, you know, they've ran into a speed bump with Gonzaga. Maybe we'll throw that lob up later. Who knows? But um, we decided to come at you guys today with just a bunch of topics. The wheel was popular last time. Maybe people like Pat Zajac. Maybe people like Vanna White. Yeah. Yeah? Man, she's a real cougar. Like, the essence of it. But anyways, uh, we're going to have Wes spin the wheel some more. We got, I think it's 14 topics, right, Wes? Uh, Yes, 14 topics. Yeah, they're all basketball-related in some sort. That's happened over the past two weeks while we've been on hiatus. I was in the Bahamas. I don't know about you, John. Where were you? Um, Not at the battle for Atlantis. Just I just went there. 
You just went to the Bahamas randomly? Yeah. Oh. Um, I was watching Texas A&M fighting Aggie basketball. Oh, yeah? Against Delaware State? Big Louisiana? Northwestern North, State. Northwestern State. Big Louisiana. Yeah. Not Delaware. It was, uh, it was uh, not the most exciting thing I've ever watched. I went down a rabbit hole. Anyway. All right. Spin the wheel, Wes. Spin the wheel. No. So, wait, wait. Let me, let me explain the game first. Uh, it's called Lob It Up. Stop the wheel. Stop the stop wheel. Stop the wheel. it. Stop it. Wheel stop. It's going to go on and lose a turn. Wheel stop. I shouldn't be eating zingers during the show. Anyways, uh, here I am yelling at people for crumpling paper, and I got a mouthful of zinger. Uh, What's zinger? A zinger? You never heard of a zinger? Hostess. Ooh, man. They're tasty. Anyway. It's, it's very, very low on the hostess totem pole. We should do a show where we rank Hostess uh, food. I'll, I'm here to rank whatever the hell you all want, <laughs> yeah. dude. We'll yeah. rank I feel anything. like that's next when, when the when when the board needs a little updating. You're just gonna yeah. throw yeah. Hostess food out on the a, li- a little Debbie oh. big board. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I'm already thinking about it in my head, but we'll go. We'll <laughs> stick to basketball this week. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll fortune esque turns from the last show we're good it's been a minute since we convened so we submitted our I the whole team threw a bunch of topics out there into the wind and Wes is just gonna start throwing us lobs John and I are gonna give our takes so so Wes is like Chris Paul I imagine I'm the Blake Griffin and you are like the DeAndre Jordan I like that no Wes is not Chris Paul. You said he's uh, throwing lobs. I mean, yeah, who are you talking about? I guess. I guess Wes is Chris Paul then. I mean, I'm just saying that's what you said. All right. I'm Sean Kemp then, I guess. Let's go. Wow. Sean, we're, Sean, different eras. Running. Running. Yeah. I'm fat too. I'm not, uh, I don't know. Oh, you're Orlando Magic, Sean Kemp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Spin that shit. Uh, all right. Password who number is- one. Who is your early second round sleeper in the 2019 draft? Ooh. Ooh. John, you got one on hand? Jeez. Um I got one. I was just watching him and I'm I, I it it tied into something else I go, so I'll go first. Um I actually okay. think this guy can sneak like way into the first round if he plays like he did against the um NET. 10th ranked Loyola Marymount Bears Moses Brown freshman center for UCLA um, he was dominant obviously against I mean that was half joking if you know the NET scandal of the week it's not one of our topics I hate to break the bad news to you we're not going to be breaking down the NET ratings it's actually improved a lot just so you know so after the first group of rankings it's much better really? but, yeah, and I, I don't think they're the Browns I think Loyola Marymount did you just call them the Browns? What did you no, call them? The Bears. Bears. The Bears. No, right? Loyal Marymount's not the Bears. They're not? No. Oh, Bill, Walton was, Bill Walton was I, calling the game, so maybe I'm <laughs> with the Bruins. Yeah. The... <laughs> he said he said Jalen Hands was the third best player to ever come out of San Diego. I'm going to do some research on that tonight. Anyways. Um, They're the Lions, by the way. Moses Brown, the Moses Brown, so I saw him at 
Under Armour Athletic, and there's some guys, John, you know when you walk into a gym that kind of awe you with their size and person or just kind of their physical profile, and that was Moses Brown. Um, he was... He seemed to be, he was doing the AAU thing where he was trying to shoot threes. He's shooting a lot of brick threes. Watching him play at UCLA, he's, he's, he's got the starting center spot. Uh, he doesn't have to worry about fouling a lot because he's got Cody Riley with him. And Moses Brown is like catching lobs from the third best player to ever come out of San Diego. Jalen Hands, like all day. And, and catching lobs, this is a good one to start with catching lobs because Moses Brown catches some mother effing labs i'm still at one cuss word i gotta check that anyways john did you got one yet yeah my my early second round pick is zach norvell from gonzaga um i actually think he could play his way into um uh late first round pick depending on what happens especially in march because they're going to play so deep um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really pounding that drum right now. Cause I think he's got just one of those elite scoring mentalities. That's going to blossom in, in the NBA, kind of a, a six man guy, a guy who can go get a basket, a guy who can make threes. Um, so I'm a big fan there. So he's a, he's a sleeper guy for me that I think could end up in the first round. Um, but uh, right now, I, I, I like him early second, and I just like the way he does things. Um, and I'm high on him right now. Yeah, I'm kind of upset. I, I, like, Simeon games used to be, like, my home, basically. I used to live over there in the, in the deep south side. And I, but, uh, you know, like, my time, my little hiatus from basketball was kind of while Zach Norvell was there. I was watching that game at Maui against Arizona. He started, like, 0 for 9. But that's the kind of scores mentality you're talking about, where he came back and yeah, he, and he just exactly. started dropping it, and it didn't matter. He was uh, he's he's what uh, an attribute would be called unfazed uh, in the attribute game. So yeah, Zach Norvell. I, I I like both of those guys' chances to play themselves into the first round. But as far as how mock drafts are going right now, I'll say that spin that damn wheel. It's a half a cuss word. Lob it up. I ain't gonna touch the rim. Michigan has deservedly gotten mad pub early this year. Who is the next coach to break through and win the NCAA tournament for the first time? Wow, we got the burners on there. John, you got somebody? Um I'll give you one first. That's a good one. Um I, I Go think, ahead. I are you we, talking this year, or are you just? You, I'm talking about the next coach to win their first championship. In uh, like you know, maybe Bill Self wins one this year, but the next person, you know, then Jay Wright wins another one next year, and well, whatever. Who's it? Who's the first next guy that's going to be Jay Wright two years ago or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to go with Tony Bennett. Um, I'm going to say Tony Bennett, um, especially like, uh, like aside from the fact that I really, 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 really like Virginia this year, um, which might get brought up in another lab, but I'm catching labs all day, baby. So, um, but I really like them this year. 
but Duke might be a little bit too much for them, but Duke's, I mean, Duke's going to lose everybody, right? And they're not going to do this class again. So, uh, you know, and the big thing with Virginia with me is that they're recruiting higher than they've ever recruited before with guys like Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy. So now they can score the ball. And, like, if you're giving up 37 points a game, all you really need is a couple people to get a couple buckets and then – you know that's it, and that and 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 it's kind of weird that they lost with the number one seed. They were the first team to lose because that's kind of the formula to not lose in the tournament like that. And and I don't know. I think Tony Bennett, that style of play in the tournament, has a chance to break through. Uh, who's your guy? So, um, I think there's not that many teams that have a shot to win national tournaments every year. So I think you're talking about upper echelon teams who probably, who haven't broken through before. I would, I would say that Tony Bennett is one. Um, I think Mark few has a great chance to do it this year. And then I w- also, um, am under the opinion that in the next couple of years, Sean Miller will be the next one. So I think there's, as long as he escapes all, um, you know, sanctions and everything, which it looks like he will. But I, I think those are the three guys who are the most elite, who have the best teams here either this year or the next couple of years that have a chance. So I think Mark Few is going to do it this year. Um, and, you know, I uh, I think we'll obviously see what happens. But those would be the three guys I think have a chance. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting question because there's a lot of good ones. I mean, you know, there's there's – anybody from Shaka Smart to Dana Altman to, I mean, it could happen to anybody in any given year with, there's a lot of guys out there that I was just thinking of. And, you know, John Beeline is the one that originally brought it to my attention, you know? So, um, uh, and then I spent like two seconds. I'm like, did John Beeline, Bob Huggins, another one, you know, guys that can, I mean, really, really good coaches, now Huggins is kind of like a wild card, maybe in a in a down year, but you know, whatever. Throw me a lob. I'll cock it back this time. All right, so we're we're gonna tu- we're gonna switch this up. We're gonna turn this into a two part question. Pick a favorite former NBA player analyst, and if you had to pick a crew, TNT or ESPN, which one would you guys choose? John? Um, Who's your favorite NBA analyst on TV and ESPN or TNT? Crew versus crew, like an Anchorman fight in in Anchorman. Um, So... I don't know. I think the studio crew does a really good job um, on TNT with with those guys, with with Shaq and and with Charles Barkley, Barkley and um, Kenny Smith. I think they do a really good job feeding off one another. In in game analysts, as long as it's not Chris Webber, I'm okay. Um, <laughs> I know. I'm so sad because I love Chris Webber. He is as a so unbelievably yeah. bad. And the fact that he continues to get the opportunity 
opportunity is mind boggling to me. I know it's his name recognition and that, you know, whatever, but um, I really like their, the, the in-studio guys. I think they do a great job. Um, and uh, as long as it's not Chris Weber, I'm okay with anyone else. I like Van Gundy a lot. Um, I think he does a great job on ESPN, but um, you know, as long as it's not C Web, I'm good. So, so this is a two prong thing, and uh, I think the reason I I brought this question up is because I think ESPN has kind of flooded the market with guys that I absolutely hit like that, like they couldn't have picked like. When Shaq came out, I was like, Shaq has to go to ESPN just to make it fair. But now, by far and away, Jalen Rose is my favorite talking head in basketball. Um, he's got this <laughs> great new platform on Get Up, right? Um, um, I love their studio show with Chauncey Billups, who is another, you know, very uh, a guy I respect a lot. They bring in guys like Tracy McGrady and Steven Jackson to kind of like uh, – uh, Captain Jack, oh my God, the best hire in the world to me. I'm like, there, there seriously was a little stretch, like while the Heat were winning titles, that that Captain Jack was my favorite player in the NBA, and I still yeah, can that. I still contend that they got robbed of the Western Conference Finals Game Seven against OKC. They should have been playing the the last Spurs title that they got over Miami should have been a like a like they do in boxing, a, a trilogy, because uh, Captain Jack was filling it up, and they were giving Durant some Jordan calls. But I digress. Jalen Rose, and then I think ESPN has flooded it. They got Woj. They got uh, they have it from all different sections. So um, I I think Charles Barkley is obviously still the goat, but you know, um, and Shaq's been underwhelming. You know. A little bit. I, I I still love Shaq and his sense of humor, and it, it, I I kind of get what they're doing, but I think a lot of people like to the casual fan, Charles Barkley's a lot more digestible than Shaq, if that makes any sense. Yeah, um, I like Jalen Rose a lot too. That's a hard one for me, I guess. Um, I I uh, I have a I don't love. I don't love Jalen Rose, um, and I think I may just be over Jalen Rose with how much time he gets. You know, like I, I like the get up um, format. I I like that uh, Greenberg's on it. You know, I think they, you know, I think they do a really good job with that. I just don't need to see Jalen Rose again. And I'm actually, the, I don't like Chauncey Billups. I don't think he brings a whole lot to that group. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, but, Paul Pierce, I don't really like him there. Yeah, either. I mean, you know, I, I, to me, it's the forcing of an ex-player right. to do this job that they're doing. I just don't think is a great fit for for all of them. It's not for everyone, and I feel like they kind of made it that anyone can do it. Um, I think Stephen Jackson's probably the most outspoken, and, right, and yeah. of all the guys who's not. You know, like he's he, he gets it, and, and he Jay just tells it how it like is. That too, and Tracy McGrady. That's kind of like I like that they took a different approach rather than try to outstar the the, the TNT the TNT crew. They they took kind of a different approach with with yeah. Captain Jack and Jalen Rose, guys that kind of do speak their mind a little bit more. And Jalen Rose is another one of my favorite players. That one little stretch from like ninety. 
nine the the year that he went to the finals he was my favorite player and he was his, my favorite player when he was at Michigan love the Fab Five uh spin that shit whoop whoop oh shit Oh, the Boston Celtics, the first team ever with too many players. <laughs> John, that's a that's a question I have for you. I heard it posed to a prominent coach this week, a prominent former NBA coach. Um, uh, is it possible to have too many players on your roster? Not only is it too many players, it's too many personalities. Um I think there's guys on this team who don't understand who they are in terms of role. Um, and I think it's becoming more difficult for them to establish an identity as a team because everybody is trying to be the other person. Like, let, let's be real. They don't need Gordon Hayward right now. Right. They don't. And, and the combination of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, with Kyrie Irving, Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier, like you are talking about five dudes who have really large personalities. Right. And it seems like Kyrie Irving has really changed over the course of the last couple of years where he's now one of the more outspoken um, guys who isn't as controlled as he used to be. Um, and so I don't know if it's too many players, but I know it's too many personalities. And I just don't think this group is meshed well because they don't need Gordon Hayward, um, and and but and it's not like they're going to trade Jason Tatum. And I, you know, they they could try and trade Jalen Brown, but his stats just don't say that he's tradable right now at a really high level. Right. So you know, like I mean, it's just not it's just not good. Um, I think they're just struggling for an identity <laughs> as a group. So. Maybe not too many players, but too many personalities for sure. So, like, they have two, two like, legitimate number one scoring options. The end game here is to get rid of a lot of these pieces and picks and get Anthony Davis in the summer, right? Like, that's kind of the bo- – that's like the new Boston-LA Laker war kind of is how who's going to get Anthony Davis. And I think – their ability to trade for him, uh, there's some arcane rule I heard from Zach Lowe where you can't have two guys on a, on their rookie extension, their max rookie extension. So Anthony I Davis can't even follow Kyrie, that stuff. So, so Anthony Davis and Kyrie are both on their max rookie extension right now. So Kyrie will be off of it in the summer. So any, any deal they make right now to get Anthony Davis, they would have to include Kyrie which they're probably not trying to do. So, uh, like, your Jalen Browns and maybe even Jason Tatum has to get – I mean, I think if Jason Tatum Tatum has to get thrown into that trade for Anthony Davis, then Jason Tatum has to get thrown into that trade for Anthony Davis if it's long-term. But, um, I mean, obviously that's bringing Jalen Brown out of it and that's bringing some other guys out of it, but – you know, like, I think they could put together a perfectly awesome package of, like, Jalen Brown, two awesome first-round picks, Marcus Smart, and, you know, what, Aaron Baines or something. Like, that. that's a nice haul for, for Anthony Davis if he's going to leave in a year, right? I mean, I, I'll be surprised if 
Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier finished oh, the year Terry with Rozier the Celtics. Too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll be surprised if they finish the year with the Celtics this year. I think there's something that's going to happen there. I also think that um, Jalen Horford's minutes are going to go down. I think you're going to see um, more more minutes uh, with for Marcus Morris um, and potentially even Rob Williams. I think there's a place for Rob Williams on this team to play because um, he's one of those guys that doesn't need the ball in order to make an impact. And so you may see more Rob Williams, Aggie, Gigum, and we'll see what, you know, kind of happens. But I actually do think there's going to be something that happens with this roster, and I think it's going to pave the way for – a young uh, RW3 to get more minutes. Yeah, and Anthony Davis makes so much sense on other levels with this as they, I I mean, not to take away from Robert Williams, but as Al Horford gets older, his his kind of role on the team can kind of move down as Anthony Davis becomes the big man to that team. You know, and he he kind of is, uh, I mean, (laughs) Al Horford, is I mean, people don't think Al, of Al Horford as a physical freak, but that guy is like, uh, I mean, try stopping him and then tell me what kind of physical freak Al Horford is. Yeah, you know? I mean, you know, Horford Horford's not having a great year so far. I think um, he's probably career lows in points and rebounding here. Um, you know, and he's 32, 33 years old. So, um you know, we'll see what happens. I think they're going to make some trades. I think there's going to they're going to pave some way for some younger guys to to play and maybe right. even collect another pick somewhere along the line. So we'll see. All right, let's spin it up. We're halfway home. Ooh, good one. Uh, Markel Fultz's shot. Uh, John, coming from coaching experience yourself, uh, what are the Sixers to do? Um, so if you're Brett Brown, what do you do here? If you're Brett Brown, so um, just put yourself right there in Brett Brown's shoes. I'm so. Now, are we talking before he's completely sidelined, or are we talking, I'm talking now about that we right know? Now. Right now, okay. yeah. you know, yeah, like, so, this exact second. So, in my opinion, um, he's never going to play for the Sixers again. Um, And I think if I'm Brett Brown, that's probably in the best interest of me and uh, Markel Fultz. Not that he's going to do anything for Markel Fultz's best interest, but um, I think that's probably the best case scenario for both of them. Um, I don't see a scenario where... Um, he gets to extend his stay in Philadelphia. I don't think he plays for the rest of the year. Um, and if he, and when he's moved, it's going to be for something lower level, and they're just going to take a wash on him um, because him being a part of the Philadelphia organization is bringing nothing but issues. I mean, now their medical staff is going to be questioned again. Now this is you know now they have another thing to talk about. Um, and, you know, I, I think there's no doubt that there's something wrong with him physically and mentally, and he needs a he needs a restart. I, I think he just needs a restart. And I would I would say that part of his rehab is learning to shoot again, 
Um, it's and and that's a big deal. But like, I went back last week, Dougie, and I watched um, a bunch of stuff from him last year, and or for, excuse me, two years ago, prior to him being the number one pick. Yeah, and and you know, like I remember watching him and thinking, wow, this kid can ball. But like, he made difficult, difficult plays and difficult shots but his stroke wasn't all that pure right he still had issues within his stroke that i'm surprised no one else picked up on if you if you looked at his release if, right. if you looked at where he shot it from there were issues in there anyway so um, you, i'm you, trading him i'm gonna say goodbye and i'm gonna let him start over and i'm gonna take a wash on him let me have another story time with dougie about this about the same kind of thing uh same same under armor tournament that I saw Moses Brown at and was wowed by his physical prowess. Uh, uh, Markel Fultz was roaming around the building. He played on the, that. That's where he basically earned his number one pick is on that circuit the year before. Um, so he was walking around the building and he was such a quiet kid. He was walking around in a hoodie and I did not know it like I And you know, like I'm, like ready for the draft in two weeks and I did not notice it was Markel Fultz and he was sitting in kind of like the cafeteria area you know and one mom comes up to him and says hey I need to get a picture with you before you go number one uh in a couple weeks and I look over I'm like shit that's Markel Fultz zipped up in a hoodie like and, and and he's like I don't know if it speaks to like how I, like his men, I, like I don't want to make him like a head case I don't know Markel Fultz but like to be able to walk around in that gym where you're you essentially kind of like it, it was almost like he was like taking some perspective of his life almost he was just sitting at a cafe table by himself like watching the games and like this is where it's come I'm gonna be the number one pick in two weeks you know. So I, I I found that very interesting too. So uh, like obviously there's a mental case. What like have you ever had a player that has had quote unquote the yips? Um, yeah I I have um you know and most most of the time where I've seen it's from the free throw line. Um, I think that's a but you 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 don't see it in this type of case. You don't see it with the number one pick right. who you know like you just don't now. I think along the way, I think a couple things happened. One, I think you there was some sort of injury that has made it um, difficult for him. Two, um, I think that he's got some really bad advice and worked with some people who don't know what they're doing. And then three, I think he, there's been a lot of pressure put on this dude, which has made it even worse. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I I think it's time to roll over. I mean, you won't. You may never see what you thought you were going to see out of Markel Fultz in yeah. the league, um, and yeah. and that's just real. <laughs> yeah, and maybe you know what? Maybe you can get kind of the thing that you're missing from your last year's team. Along now that you have Jimmy Butler, what's missing from your last year's team is shooting. So maybe you can flip Markel Fultz into like an Ilyasova or a Bellinelli that you kind of need on this team with your Ben Simmons and Embiid and Jimmy Butler. You need to spread the floor a little bit. And and then maybe Markel Fultz can go somewhere where maybe, you know, it, they don't boo at Santa, you know. So I, I know they've been very – I know they've been, like, old, like, unreasonably supportive for Philadelphia fans, actually, for Markel Fultz. 
Exactly. I think people genuinely want yeah, him I know, yeah. to succeed, like an and I think that's real. You know, I, I, to me, that's that's something that um, I think majority of people, maybe outside of Drew Hanlon, want him to succeed now. So you know, like I, I just think that's I, I think it speaks to probably um, you know the, the today's day and age where I also you know think, no, I also go think, ahead. I also think Sam Hinkie laughs his ass off at this. Yeah, most likely. I mean, you know, like, <laughs> but this is a bad look for the Sixers. Like, and that's why if I'm Brent Brown, I'm just saying, you know what? Okay. Man. I'm Elm Brand. It's like, hey, let's see what we can get. That's cool. Elm and, and, and let's, let's say goodbye, you know, like, yeah. that's it. Yeah. I mean, I, Elton Brand's done a great job. I mean, he just went out and got Jimmy Butler, for Christ's sake. But, you know, spin the wheel. We got, I think we probably got about like two or three left. Mm hmm. I could keep keep telling one more story from Indianapolis. I could tell a story, but it it's not for our family show. Is this a family show? Um, nah, it's thirteen plus. Yeah, I don't know what the hell. At least Wisconsin's Brad Davidson drawing five charges against North uh, North Carolina State. <laughs> okay, so I was watching this game live. No shit. No bullshit. And, like, the way you – who was calling the game? Uh, uh, I want to say Dockage. Yeah, Dockage was calling the game. It was in Atlantis. And, uh, like, if you can imagine a better a better thing. And the last one was with was in uh, – with, like, 37 seconds left, and NC State had the ball with a chance to tie or win or something – and poor Mark L. Johnson just caught the last L on the charges. I mean, it was a neutral court, and they were all legit charges. But it was I mean, it, that John Wisconsin basketball. How many charges? How many career charges do you have you taken? Well, just so you know, this game was in Madison. So this oh, game was at Madison? Wisconsin. Oh yeah, no, yeah. yeah this was the this was the big uh, Big Ten challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how many charges have I taken in my life? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was unathletic and slow. I took a thousand. A thousand? I, I mean, in in actual games. Yeah. I probably took fifty charges in 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 high school and college. In high school and college, fifty. Yeah. That's yeah. not bad. Yeah. I. Uh, funny Davis enough, in high school, going to be there in ten games. In high school, we started most practices off with a drill where we took charges. <laughs> and we ran – no, 100%, this is real. So my coach, is, who's, a, who's a Hall of Famer in Illinois, okay, and we were really good. We went – we were 22-8 and eight my junior year and 26-3 and three my senior year. So we were, we were legit playing, you know, in the suburbs of Chicago, but like what's high cool? level. Wait, what's cool? Nequa Valley in okay, April. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we would start our practices where you'd have a line out at the three-point line, and you would have one dude underneath the rim, and you would run at this dude as hard as you can, and you would hit him in the chest. And your job was to yell and scream and make it you seem like a charge. So, like, I've done the pretending to take charges for most of my life, um, and it becomes second nature. Now, yeah. I had a big Twitter conversation with a friend of mine named Charlie Lohoff, who played for me when I was assistant at Platteville. 
Um, awesome kid, really good dude, successful. Um, and Charlie could not get over that this was real and that this dude would, would take all these charges and how they were flops and this and that. I will say this. It is, it is your job as a defender to beat the offensive player to a spot. Right. And when you beat an offensive player to a spot, if he runs into you, if he touches you, it is your prerogative to fall and take a charge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is not your job to stay standing up when someone runs into you. And so if this dude wants to take five charges, now I think, for, in my opinion, four of the five were legit. Three of the five were yeah. definite. The last okay. one was just a shoulder roll. And, right and so... So if if you get run into and you beat a dude to a spot, take the charge. I'm all for it. I have no problem with him taking 30 charges in the game. In a game, there's no cap on the number of charges, the number of times that you can get run into. Yeah, so no. um, I give him credit. I think it's it's a bit ridiculous. You take five in a game, but the mm-hmm. dude beat mm-hmm. guy to a spot five times. What's like, he supposed to do? Guard Markel Johnson? He's not going to do that. Right. So, you know, I don't I don't have any problem with it. Lock him uh, up. I don't think that's going to happen. You know, I will also (laughs) say that this is what what the Wisconsin's, the Virginians, Virginia's of the world are built on. This is what you need to do to play the style that they play and to win games. So um, they're not beating most ACC teams by playing straight up man to man defense with their hands off. Yeah. So CJ Bryce was lighting one of my favorite. uh, under the radar super sleeper CJ Bryce transfers from UNC Wilmington came with Kevin Keats. He was working them off the dribble and getting to the foul line. Every, every like he, I, I haven't seen the stats on the other things except the five charges, but like he, he was getting in the lane, getting to the line at will. And he's a shooter. Like, so like say not taking charges is dumb. Like you're getting blown off the dribble. <laughs> So, you know, uh, yeah, Brad Davison, good for you. Five charges, man. You made Sports Center. And, and, and he's drilling too. He can. I mean, he's he's that he's that guy too. So, uh, spin it, spin it, spin it, spin it. That kind of sounded suspiciously like nails on a chalkboard. David West and the newly founded Historical Basketball League. Okay. John, have you heard anything about this? I looked it up when I saw... Yeah. So I don't know much about this either, but I'm I'm just going to encourage this because I heard heard David West in an interview with Bomani Jones earlier this week, and I think it's a really good thing that they're doing because I hear all the time when... uh, when the subject of how, well, how do you plan on not making amateurism happen? How do you, you know, what, how do you play these players? How do you do this? And I thought of earlier, I, when I was listening, I thought of when Wes texted us in the preseason, Alonzo Trier just scored 25 points in a game or in a quarter or something, right? Remember? Yeah. And, yep. And, and everybody's like, oh, he's undrafted. Like, uh, and I thought, like, no, no, Alonzo Trier's been a pro since he was like 15 years old. He's he he's been working towards be like like I knew Alonzo Trier was going to be a professional basketball player. I didn't know he was going to be getting logging major 
minutes for the Knicks as a rookie, but uh, I don't know. That's where my mind just went to. And there's a lot of guys just like that. Steven Jackson's one of them. And, and during this time of the one and done era, there has been one choice. And I think, I I, I mean, I'm looking at the homepage, the historical basketball league. It's not run by David West. He's a, he's a, a, an executive in the league. Um, but it, it's some, it, 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 he, he talked a lot about teaching athletes to public speak like Zion Williamson right now. One of the things that you notice with Zion Williamson is he's not really comfortable with the, with the media transaction that comes with everything. No matter, no matter how many Instagram viewers and followers he has, you know, he, he's having a little bit of trouble with the interview. So they take public speaking classes, he says, money management classes, stuff like that, and it's kind of like a, it's kind of like an, a basketball academy college for uh, I, I don't know exactly what does it what it, that it, to call it that, but it's to prepare people who want to play basketball for a living, kind of like a trade school, I would almost say, and you know you sign up for it. I think it's a five year program. Um, I don't, like I said, I don't know, but I, it's HBL league or HB league.com. Just check it out. Uh, I think it's something cool just because, uh, everybody always asks for answers and then there are some out there just so people can't throw that stupid argument in your face all the time. So I don't know if you agree, if you got anything else on that, John. Yeah. I don't know a lot about it. I mean, I, I saw that there was. Um, this idea being thrown out there and I tried to find out as much as I can. It's not like it's being talked about no, um, a lot. The I heard about. Um, yeah. It sounds like maybe it's a, a summer thing. Yeah. Um, it is, and it, they play in the summer. Yeah. And it's going to put them in a position to be able to earn money while getting some academic, um, uh, I don't know, some, some education through it, I guess be intriguing to see how it works i'm i'm always interest interested in these pieces because i'm it's a little bit like these other leagues in football coming popping up you know the xfl and the the new um basketball league now it's not those are aren't necessarily competing with the nfl but they're giving opportunities outside of what the nfl has this seems to be a similar process where they're trying to give some um, uh, some opportunities outside of um, of of college to prepare them for life after, which I think is great. Um, it costs a lot of money to do what they're talking about doing, so I'm curious what those investors look like. I'm not a Bomani Jones fan, just so you know, okay. and a lot of that that a lot of that has to do with uh, yeah, um, the fact that. He well, he hates on everybody. I just I I, I He's like a he did this. A&M hater, though, he did man. he did the same thing with with um, Brad Davison. He said, "Have some respect for basketball. If you can't play basketball standing up, you shouldn't be playing." <laughs> I just don't like him. I, I, I think I, I, I have a I have a lot of uh, problems with his basketball um, kind of approach to things. He also has this thing zone is for cowards and I'm a big zone fan. So Yeah. yeah um I mean, and not that this not, really matters, mean, but I mean, yeah, he's not, he's not there to be a basketball expert. If I want to know basketball stuff, I'll Zach Lowe or, you know, uh uh, uh Mino Hassan, something like that. 
you know, I go to Bomani for my social issues, but it was a good interview. And like I said, like, like I do believe Bomani is a, is, is a, is a good person kind of like has good intentions. And I, that's the way I feel about David West in this whole situation. So I'll leave. Yeah, it, it sounds cool. I mean, like David West is, is normally known as a good guy. West, spin it one more time. And then we gotta, we gotta cut this going. Cool. Oh, this is a good one. So, John and Doug, free segment, bloviate on about how right your preseason predictions look so far. <laughs> All right, John. Yeah, I mean, I listen. I've been, I've been telling people that Gonzaga and Rui Hachimura were going to put themselves in a position to win a national championship, as well as. Rui Hachimura absolutely blow people away with his ability and what he can do. Um, and to the point where I think he is a front runner for national player of the year. Um, so I give myself a tremendous amount of credit yeah. for um, being ahead of the curve and talking yeah. about Gonzaga before they beat Duke and before they got into this position. Now, I do want to throw one thing out about Rui Hachimura that I've been thinking a lot about. Uh Everyone has talked about small basketball with Draymond Green playing for the Warriors and doing these things. I will tell you that Rui Hachimura is much more um, skilled and able to play small basketball in the NBA at at a big position Uh than any other guy who's in the draft next year. I think he's more able to do that than Zion Williamson. I think he is a better piece than a lot of guys who people have talked about. And I will say that whoever ends up having him has a multidimensional guy who can play in today's NBA at a different level. Um, and so I'm, I'm a big fan of what I have said here over the course of the past mo- couple months. Hey, you know who else uh, can do that? And I'm that? obviously right. You know who can do that? You know who else can do that at a high level? Uh, you know, in the small ball era, play with a lot of skill outside and, you know, still go inside a little bit. DeAndre Hunter. My, uh, not my pick for national player of the year. That's Shamari Pines. We'll get into that for in a second. But um, he just hits free throws down the stretch, so his team keeps winning games undefeated. Um, anyways, yeah, Chris Mullen. Uh, oh, man, can you imagine them having free throw shooting contests? Shamari Pines, player of the year. Anyways, uh, also shout out Killian Tilly. They, they won that tournament without their second best player, arguably maybe even their best if you don't believe John. That Rui Hachimura. No yeah. one believes yeah. that. I know. I don't believe it either. I'm just saying. Second best player is fair. Killian Tilly could have could be that guy yeah. who, depending on what happens, ends up end of the, or beginning of the second round, and someone gets a steal. Right. Exactly. Um, Think like Lori yeah. Markinen, maybe a little bit less athletic Lori Markinen. So everybody. So everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Shout out Lori Markinen. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. So doesn't want to shout out Lori Markinen. Without Fred Hoiberg, he's good. He's about to ball. Yeah, first game back. I'm gonna change my name to Jim Boylan, and the Bulls are gonna hire me. Uh, Not a fan. Uh, no. Uh, anyways, uh, 
So, uh, Virginia, yeah, 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 yeah. Ty Jerome, awesomest white backcourt in in the nation. Uh, there's a couple awesome white backcourts in the nation, but that's the best one by far. And DeAndre Hunter is a beast. And Jack Salt looks like Jose Canseco in a Virginia jersey. Um, I, 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 I like their chances. You know, like, they got guys, Diakite or... DKT, however the hell you say his name. They got Braxton Key from Alabama. These are guys that are men that are gonna like, like what you saw. Bad Rui Hachimura defender who's that's he's supposed to be the worst defender ever. R.J. Barrett went flying like into the third row, bitching about a foul at the end of that game off Rui Hachimura. So um, if he runs into Jack Salt, he's into some deep shit. Um, so anyways, Jack, my Jack white might be off there to offset did you, it. Did you say Rui Hachimura was supposed to be the worst defender ever? Uh, well, last year he had the worst defensive rating of anybody that play like whatever, like 20, Here, and, yeah, I, I, I forgot, I forgot that. So, but yeah, but uh, no, he looks a lot better though this year. He looks and, like a, and here's, I want to, I want to poke a few holes in a few things. Okay. And I'll uh, wrap this with something too. So go ahead. I want to just poke a quick hole in statistics, analytical statistics, and uh, Ken Palm ratings and all that stuff that people behind a keyboard really enjoy. And I was having this conversation with a good friend of mine who actually does his own um, uh, a mock draft, um, and he's done a really good job. His name's David Kay. He's a really good dude. Oh, I've heard, uh, yeah, I follow him on and, Twitter. Yeah. yeah, and 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 DK, uh, we were talking the other day. He just asked me, "Are you a Ken Palm guy?" And I said, "No." You know why? Because I can watch a game, and I can watch a game live or or record, and I can tell you about a guy. I don't need the analytical statistics to tell me how a kid's going to fare in the next year or in two years or in three years, because I can tell you what his game's going to develop like. And I'm I'm having a really hard time watching and reading articles from people telling me how good Brandon Clark's defense is after watching him play twice at Gonzaga when they never saw him play at San Jose state and doing all this stuff. Like I'm having a really hard time with some of these new age guys. So I got to sit on my soapbox a little bit. Just say, watch the games. Don't, don't develop a um, need to look at stats that tell you everything. Actually watch players and, and put yourself in that position because I think we're diving way too far into the analytics when it comes to drafts and 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 player evaluations, I'm having a hard time with it because people are doing this who don't understand hoops, and it's starting to drive me crazy. Calling no one out in particular, but I'll at you if I need to. Yeah, I'll at you too. At the fuck out of me. I don't care what you say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's right. I use Ken Palm and stuff like that, and I have respect for it as a grouping tool, kind of. Uh, you know, if I want to see, you know say, uh, Tremont Waters play against a good defense. Maybe I'll look at Kempom. I'll look and see, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. the game is coming up. I, I don't but, think but there's... Like, but, like, yeah. I, I feel the same way as you where I can watch a guy and I say, that guy is a pro. Like, I, I mean, I said, it, I said it before with Alonzo Trier the first time I saw him when he was playing for Finley Prep. Like, I, that guy is going to be a pro. Like, you could see it. And it's it. I don't want to call it a special gift or anything. Like it's just 
it, it's just it actually comes from like Malcolm Gladwell's thirty five or ten thousand hours or whatever. Like I've watched ten thousand hours of basketball. I know who's good. Like I just I I, I can see him. You know. So and you know sometimes it does take you a few times. And also with Rui Hachimura. We all have to understand the language barrier and how long he's been playing this game. I I, don't, I also don't like the over-dissection of age. I'm going to go one little soapbox on this, on the over-dissection of age. First of all, besides the top guys, teams are looking for veterans. They don't want guys that are 19, 20 years old. They want guys that can come in and help their team when they're going into the second round. And guys in Europe too, like teams in Europe. So when you're valuing guys in the draft, like saying, oh, you know, he's a little old for a sophomore. Like, like if he's not in the top 15, you're not, that doesn't really matter to anybody because they would really more likely rather have a senior that, can come in and contribute right away. Second of all, Rui Hachimura has Japan flashing news, not a basketball hotbed. Um, he's, he's kind of got the whole weight of Japan on his shoulders with maybe the Olympic bid in Tokyo in 2020. He's going to be kind of the centerpiece of their team that they try to get an automatic on. So, you know, he does it, between the language barrier um, he was doing 94 feet with Jay Billis and he was kind of joking in Spanish, but they said his whole red shirt freshman year, like he didn't, he was lost in translation on the basketball. Yeah, I read that. So, you know that, I mean, and that makes up for a lot. I mean, you have to talk on, you know, as a coach, you have to talk on defense. Like yeah. that's, you know, so if that, so when you're looking at his analytics, you're not necessarily showing that he doesn't understand that he's supposed to be switching or, and then he looks like an idiot because there's a guy wide open Duncan behind him, but he just doesn't understand English literally. Like, so I don't know. Yeah. At us at John Puglisi or no, you could, you say your own Twitter. At John Puglisi, hit me up. Yeah. You can say it. It's okay. At Lockdraft, at Lockdraft, tell you. At that wide west, yeah, I got in a yeah. fight with somebody about. Um, somebody said it was. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not gonna cool talk story, about bro. it. Tired of talking about my Twitter beefs. They're annoying. Oh, Kevin Durant's a cupcake. Um, because I just figured out what one thing the Warriors had. They were above bitching about shots. Kevin Durant ruined it. Couple good games coming up: Nevada versus Arizona State on Friday. Wisconsin at Marquette. If Marquette wins that game, look for Marquette to be in the top twenty. And then Tennessee versus Gonzaga, big game on Sunday. Grant Williams versus Rui Hachimura. I'm ready for SMU TCU tonight. Admiral Schofield. Oh man. Brandon Clark. I have like six games on TiVo. Zach Norvell versus Admiral Schofield. Two Illinois kids stand up. I'll have Nevada, real, real, real national championship contender, final four contender. Caleb and Cody Martin. Our boys, Eric Musselman. I'll have Black Draft, damn it. Caroline, Jordan Caroline, what's up?